Okay, so I had a conversation with um, with my cousin, I think today actually, we were talking about SpaceX, and he was like, what do you think about what's happening with SpaceX? Um, I was like loosely familiar, and I didn't really want to bother Googling it, but I think they're trying to launch some rockets into space or whatever. Um, but my, you know, gut response was basically... You know, I stand by my assertions that we never, we have not sent a human being to space yet. I mean, I think there's plenty of evidence out there um, detailing, you know, that perspective and the truth of it. Uh, and you're welcome, obviously, to do your own research and kind of use common sense and apply it to that mindset. That being said, it doesn't mean that we're not now attempting to do what we, you know, the U.S. Um, government claimed to have done, you know, back in the 60s and on, which is to go past low Earth orbit and um, finally go to space. And I believe that once that has been accomplished, I, I don't know if they will admit, you know, that, yes, you know, we deceived the world. Um, probably not, actually, the more I think about it you know, admitting that the government, <laughs> admitting to the general public that the government did lie um, uh, and kind of pulled the wool over the entire world's eyes for, you know, decades. I don't really see the government doing that. But I, I, I do believe that they are actively now attempting to go past low Earth orbit and uh, figure out a way to get past uh, the Van Allen radiation belt, not even by my own um, observations, but by claims of uh, NASA astronauts. Um, and so as I was talking to him, like a thought kind of flashed into my head. And um, I'm going to go back to, I'm going to come back to the idea of thoughts and how, you know, they kind of pop into people's heads. I really want to debate that or not debate that, but really delve into that um, in this episode as well. But um, what my thought was, you know, we live in a reality, as I've said several times, that we are living in a simulation. It's not even a theory at this point. I mean, if you aren't cognizant of the fact that this is a simulation, that you're just, you're not, either you're not paying attention or you're an NPC. Um, and if you are an NPC, then I will, of course, expect you to criticize and attack me um, because that's what you're programmed to do. But for those who are actually conscious or at least exercising, you know, will, you know, to the uh, attainment of consciousness, it's, it's, it, it's becoming more and more sort of painfully aware that reality isn't what we were told and that we are living in a type of, you know, AI-generated construct slash simulation. And so part of what are the laws are in this reality construct is that, um, a collective belief in a phenomena manifests that phenomena into as real into this into a reality experience. I'll say that again. Uh, a collective belief, meaning the more people believe believe in, in in the phenomena, right? It might obviously start off as fiction, but if we can get enough people to believe in that phenomenon, it essentially becomes manifested as quote unquote real. Um, and that could apply to anything, to, you know, the gods of the old times and, um, you know, disease, um, 
as we're seeing with the COVID, right? A lot of people believed that they were sick and manifested symptoms of the virus and subsequently some even died from it. Obviously not saying that the virus is a fiction, but I'm saying that a lot of people who have been plagued by the disease uh, sort of accidentally through fear manifested symptoms of the disease for their body and their consciousness to experience. So that's how that works. Um, now, whether the people who are controlling, who are the humans who are kind of behind the construct or leaders of the construct, like the government and things like that, are aware that we are in a construct, if I had to bet money, I would say clearly yes. Um, just from observation and seeing you know, what's at play, you can tell that there are people behind the media, behind the government that are actively pulling the strings of the masses in order to manifest a particular reality that they desire. Uh, and when they're done sort of harnessing our collective, the power of our collective consciousness to create a particular type of reality, then they shift, you know, they shift the MO or whatever to something new. So we saw that really, really play out with the COVID-19 thing. And now they're trying to sort of shift our collective consciousness away from fear and panic of uh, the virus um, so that the economy does not collapse. Um, and into uh, something else. And I talked about this in past episodes. If you're a new listener, first of all, I like to say thank you. Thank you for uh, subscribing and welcome. And I uh, hope you enjoy your subscription. Um, I obviously really like talking about things that uh, most people you know, won't talk about or are afraid to talk about for whatever reason. So I encourage you to check out... Um, past episodes. Don't just like listen to the first episode and then sit back and wait for new posts. Just given the nature of what is discussed on this podcast, and, and obviously I, I don't have any, you know, special guests or hosts or anything like that. It's just, you know, things that based off of uh, lots of reading and intuition and self-reflection and observation, as well as I, as I've said, I, uh, or maybe I haven't said it yet, but I, I'm, I'm now presently operating under the premise, and this is to my regular listeners, if you've been with me since, you know, 2018, and I've talked about living, my life tends to be a sort of a weird Benjamin Buffett, um, Benjamin Buffett, Benjamin Button experience, I'm starting to realize that I might just be remembering either the fact that, you know, the fact that I've lived this, this life before, or I, I am remembering and or communicating with a future version of myself. And um, more and more, my experiences are pointing to that being fact. Um, so anyway, so I think that to kind of go back to, you know, uh, collective consciousness uh, being sort of harnessed and shepherded using um, the media, um, I think that in terms of, what we're seeing with SpaceX and uh, Boeing and even the Space Force to a particular um, extent is that in order for us to be able to get past space, human beings collectively have to believe that, you know, this is a possibility, it's a probability, and then we can collectively manifest it. And so I think you're going to see 
an, a steady increase in the push for space exploration and the push for space travel, more because they know that, you know, they know about the power of harnessed uh, collective belief. And, um, and so they will be utilizing the media and social media and things of that nature in order to, it's not, it's not you know, 100% guaranteed, but you can, like a ship, steer a collective consciousness to a probable reality experience, a desired probable reality experience. And so if you can, and this would be the perfect time to do it, right? Everybody's got smartphones now, so it's really easy to steer the masses. It's really easy to direct the masses to whatever reality experience you desire. So think about different realities, probable, different probable realities as actual destinations that exist out there. And then think of those who are really pulling the strings behind the scenes and things like that um, as sort of captains of a ship. And the ship is our collective consciousness and trying to steer all of us to a particular reality experience, for better or worse. So we're, what we're seeing now, the people who are controlling most of what, we're, what our reality experience is now, tend to be like the sci-fi guys, you know, very smart, you know, MIT, um, you know, physicists, um, uh, the Silicon Valley nerds, and I say nerds, um, as a term of endearment, because I obviously consider myself a nerd as well. But um, whether they're cognizant of this or not, we're definitely seeing our society being steered towards a reality experience that's based more on science fiction than what we've ever seen in the past. And so, I mean, and that shit is ramping up. I mean, I think that what this uh, coronavirus experience is going to show you is that like 2020 is going to become the kind of the epoch, epoch, yeah, epoch of um, us being just like blasted into a highly futuristic society in a very, very short amount of time. Like you're going to have to hang on to your horses, so to speak, um, I've said in previous episodes that I already think that the singularity has happened a long time ago, Um, but I think that you'll start to see even further evidence of that. Whether the singularity is, um, you know, the internet or whatever, or AI becoming sentient, or what would be much more easier to accomplish would be to just simply upload a consciousness into the internet. You don't have to wait for the singularity to, or for AI to become sentient when you can just literally upload the consciousness of already, of, of an already sentient being into the internet. And then this way you can kind of control the construct, you know, by, by whatever, you know, or I should say to whatever means that you see fit. I think that has already happened. Um, And we're going to start seeing more and more evidence of that. But in regards to taking it back to um, the the SpaceX launch and things of that nature, I think it's more, you know, what we're seeing, these displays that we're seeing, especially particularly when you start seeing it 
a lot in the media and people start talking about it. It's more, like I said, trying to shepherd our collective consciousness. We're all connected. People keep saying we're all connected. We're all one. Well, it's, it's a neural network. That, that network, I believe, has been pre-existing. But if you don't believe that it's pre-existing, you know, as in before cell phones, it definitely is now. We right now have a, a neural network, so a collective consciousness that has happened. Um, the singularity has happened. Um, and so now, you know, the next step, obviously, is space exploration. And the way that that is going to happen isn't just, you know, okay, we're going to try to send a bunch of ships in space. It's also dependent on our collective collective belief, our collective belief in the probability of it, right? So I keep repeating the same sort of um, thought process because I'm really trying to drive it in so that it, because these are sort of difficult concepts to understand, but it's exactly what's happening. The media is the arm in which the, the, the ship is steered to the probable reality experience for all of us, collectively. All right. So I'm, I'm drawing upon the many world interpretations on this and um, other theoretical physics, physics um, theories in which, you know, the state that all realities exist as probabilities and you know, what reality you, you experience is predicated upon the consciousness of the observer. And so if you can get a collective of consciousness to observe a particular phenomenon in which you want a specific outcome, whether they're cognizant of what they're doing or not, it's now easier than ever to do so for the first time in history. Um, and so we're going to start seeing a lot more volatility, a lot more volatility um, in the stability of what our reality experience has been thus far. A lot of volatility to our reality experience. Life is going to become increasingly more and more like the sci-fi shows that you grew up watching because... A lot of the people that are, are at the helm, controlling our media, controlling our reality, controlling our lobbies, lobbyists, controlling our laws that are, you know, being pushed and things like that. You know, think about the top, like the fang companies, right? So if you invest in stocks, we have Facebook. That's a computer company that's run by a nerd. And like I said, I use the word nerd as a term of endearment, okay? So we've got Apple, nerds. You got Amazon, nerds. You have Netflix, nerds. You have, I don't remember what G is. Damn, what is, oh, Google, duh. <laughs> anyway, super nerds. So it's the nerds now that are controlling the construct. And so considering the fact that these these nerds, and like I said, I am using nerds as a term of endearment. You know, I'm a nerd, but the nerds rule the world. This is this reality is being largely driven and constructed by nerds, 
And so if you want to see what the future looks like, I, I go on go on Amazon Prime and geek out on, or I should say, if you want to see what what future we are being navigated towards, right? Because there are an infinite amount of probable realities. It just needs to be manifested. So the people who are manifesting the reality experience for our collective are nerds. And so we're going to be, go watch Eureka. I love Eureka. That's what we're moving towards. Go watch Star Trek. That's what we're moving towards. That's what sort of, and, and, and whether or not they're doing it consciously or not, you know, that's kind of more to be determined. I have no idea. But I've observed to myself that a lot of the times, a lot of shows that I watched as a kid when I was largely un, unconscious has sort of seeped into my reality experience, for better or worse, and has shaped the experiences that I am now and have, you know, in the past experienced. And so if that's the case for me, then that's clearly also the case for a person like Zuckerberg or a person like Jeff Bezos, right? They grew up watching these shows. That's the future that they were programmed with. Inadvertently, the past is influencing the future and the present as well. So that's where we're being navigated. And, and you are a part of that, um, whether you're willing or not. These are two different you know, topics, but you are a part of that. We all are. It's a collective. You now, I guess the only sort of power that you have here is, you know, speak up, talk to other people. Because, okay, let, let me say, let me finish that thought, actually. Speak up and talk to other people and don't be afraid of people saying, you know what, you, that sounds fucking crazy or that is absolutely crazy. Because whether or not it sounds crazy, um, shit's about to get really weird. And that whole, okay, but that's crazy you know, excuse isn't really going to cut it because if I would have told you literally in December, the whole entire world was going to shut down for months over a virus, a bug, a cold virus, a coronavirus, the whole world, you would have said that's crazy. If, if I would have told you that all across, just last, just a year ago, all across the whole entire United States, day traders are going to appear on television wearing masks like in like they do in Asia but here you would have been like that's crazy so crazy really doesn't absolve you from a reality experience that you don't want to uh well experience calling something crazy doesn't make it any less true so talk to people regardless of whether or not they think you sound crazy because at the very least you get to say whenever what the things that you mentioned to them start to happen uh I fucking told you so um, um so yeah um another sort of thing man I lost my train of thought I'll find it um <laughs> another sort of thing too that kind of just randomly popped into my head beyond just talking to people oh yes that's what I was going to say for example I'm concluding my previous thoughts in regards to sounding crazy. If I told you that 
there exists a technology that allows your computer to read your mind, you would probably have me committed and you could you would say that that sounds like the ramblings of a paranoid delusional individual. But Facebook at as of 2017 had hired uh, members of DARPA to work in something called Building 8. And you can Google this. This is out there, public knowledge. It was actually the article I read was on CNBC, um, where back in 2017, they are, or they were, I get my tenses all mixed up now, because time exists all at once. But back in 2017, they are... Uh, developing a program that allows Facebook to essentially read people's thoughts. Now, you can argue that, okay, well, according to the article, it says that, well, they want it so that you can use your mind to text so you don't have to text with your hands. And, of course, whenever they're trying to sell you some weird, you know, dystopian... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> technology, they always tell you how, well, it's, it's because it's more convenient or whatever. Um, but obviously, the abuse to privacy that such a technology um, presents, you know, uh, obviously must be commented on. But like I said, if I told the average person that, you know, your computer can read your thoughts, that there exists a technology where your computer can read your thoughts, they're going to tell you you're fucking crazy. And like I said earlier, calling something crazy does not make it so that it's no longer the truth. The truth is the truth, whether or not you believe it. And yeah, I think I mentioned this to one of my friends and they said, well, clearly it's not ready yet, you know, because they haven't released it as a product. Um, they don't have to release something as a product for them to be able to utilize the technology. If I developed something that could give me an economic advantage over my competitors, I am going to try to maximize, you know, the utility of it as best as I can, you know, for as long as I can before I, you know, turn around and then try to sell it to make it, you know, especially once I've, I'm done with it or I've invented something even better because I'm going to keep myself uh, ahead of my competitors for as long as I can. Duh. Um, so that's kind of common sense. Um, and another one of my friends, she was saying that she, every time she goes to Facebook, and it only, it only happens on Facebook, she will think something and then eventually, like, like literally, as soon as she thinks it, um, she sees an ad for it. And it's happened enough times for her to, you know, to, for her that it's starting to freak her out. And so when she mentioned that to me, I obviously just went on Google just to see, because you never know. You know, I'm not going to dismiss somebody saying something as crazy, because it was real to her. The experience was real to her. And so rather than just dismissing her as like, oh, wow, she's crazy, I decided to look online because Google is still free, and uh, did a search to see what I could find out. And sure enough, that's how I happened across um, 
the article basically talking about the fact that, yes, the, they do have the technology that allows it so that a computer can read your mind. So, like I said, things are going to get even stranger in a very, 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 very short amount of time. We went from wild minds to free-ranged uh, <laughs> humans. Um, and the cage is just getting smaller and smaller. And I don't mean that in like a negative way. Or I should say it doesn't have to be a negative. I mean, we can collectively wake ourselves up and realize that this is possible and stop denying its, you know, its probability. Stop denying that, you know, such things exist because knowledge is power. Ignorance might be bliss. But it's through ignorance that a person can obviously control you. So those are things to think about. Another thing on the mind, and that's what I kind of started off saying was. So in the past, I used to wonder, like, why is it that... I can't necessarily, I couldn't necessarily control my thoughts, despite the fact that I, you know, I would try to, right? Like, you're sitting minding your own business, and some fucked up thought just kind of pops into your head, and it's not something you want to think about, because you clearly don't want to be having a panic attack, because your mind just decided to broadcast, you know, into your head an idea of something fucked up happening to somebody that you care about. And my thing, my thought was, if these are my thoughts, then why can't I control them? I mean, I'm not, you know, mentally ill, for the most part, under normal circumstances. I can control what I think, but then when these manic thoughts sort of attack, they're hard to stop. Now, that mindset kind of led me towards, you know, partially towards the journey that I am on now, which is, you know, seeking out knowledge, because I felt that that was a problem, to try to really understand what the true nature of reality is, and the construct, and things of that nature, and so that's how I ended up where I am now, and I'm grateful for that. Um, Today I was reading a book, don't remember what the name of it is, Um, I might put it in in the description later on, but I think it was Think and Grow Rich, and in that book, he, uh, the author was describing the fact that your brain is a receptor. And so he linked it with the ether. And that, to me, clicked. I mean, I've heard similar things, you know, in the sense of how the brain works, you know. But it, that made sense to me because, obviously, how would a computer be able to read your thoughts if you weren't transmitting thoughts that were quote-unquote readable. So I'll say that again. How would the technology that Facebook has developed or are working on developing, depending on your perspective, I would go as far as to say that they've already developed it, but how would such a technology work unless what you think are your thoughts aren't necessarily your thoughts, they're just something that's being broadcast and then they're just literally just developing a technology that allows for that broadcasting to be captured, right? So you're transmitting something. Um, Now, the way my life is set up, 
I will have an idea and then a few weeks, days, hours later, I will happen upon an article basically um, telling me what I kind of questioned was right and explaining the science behind it. So um, Benjamin Button Life. Um, So my thing is basically this. You are transmitting your thoughts out there. Thoughts are things. Um, but you are also, anything that can transmit, right? Like you can send out, a, your phone sends out a signal. So anything that can transmit can also receive. Right, so if you spend like a lot of your energy more or less calibrating your mind to a negative frequency, right? Thinking negative thoughts, thinking, or I should say saying negative things, you're basically tuning into a negative frequency. And what happens is that when what you send out, whatever frequency you send out, you're also going to receive. So if you find yourself plagued with negative thoughts, it's mostly because you accidentally, inadvertently, unconsciously tuned in to a negative frequency because you've sending, you've been sending out um, negative signals. It's it's very simple. So the solution to that is if you want to stop consult um, compulsive negative thinking, you start by not sending out um, uh, negative thoughts. That's it. By not sending out negative thoughts, you basically don't tune to a negative frequency, thus allowing you know, negativity to kind of return to you. It's very simple. It's very simple. Um, on the opposite end of that, too, but more or less on the same thought is um, ideas. So in the book that I'm describing, they actually talked about the, the ether. And the ether more or less is this like network. It's a neural network. By my, by my understanding, if the writers of that book were aware of the internet, if they had access to the internet, they would basically call it a neural network, right? They would call it a sort of internet. So every time you do a search for Google, right, you have a question, you type into Google, you know you're going to find an answer, more or less. And often than not, more often than not, not, not Google, doesn't have to be obviously just Google, um, any search engine. You put it in and somewhere out there, someone has already had the thought or the idea. Whether or not that person is alive or dead, doesn't matter. They had the idea and they typed it up. The information is now stored out there for anybody to access it. The internet is basically an Akashic record, like a, a new modern Akashic record. And if you're not familiar with the Akashic record, um, Google it. That's A-K-A-S-H-I-C. It's basically more or less the records of everything all of human history, past, present, and future. And some people have tried to 
you know, sort of use esoteric esoteric methods to access that information. But I am arguing that we access the Akashic records as easily as you can log on to Google. It's just a lot of us are not aware of what we're doing. Um, Contained in it are all the thoughts that any human and every human across the multiverse has ever thought and will ever think. It's right there, like a Google. Except Google only deals with, obviously, our present. Although there's a lot of information that, you know, a lot of us are presently unaware of. So clearly, you know, don't shit on it. I'm not shitting on it, but I'm saying. Whereas the Akashic Records can allow you to access all sorts of information from any period in time, as well as any civilization and any uh, parallel multiverse. And so, when you have an idea, a lot of people say, oh, that's my idea. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Somebody somewhere out there had the idea... Either they originated it or they, at that at, they had access to it and they put it out there in this Akashic Records slash collective consciousness and all you did was access it. Now, whether or not you do something with it, that's a whole different story. But I've talked to a lot of people who, you know, watch something, like say they're watching TV and an ad pops up and they go, oh my God, like, I thought about that. Like, no, you didn't. You accessed the idea the same way that person did. The only difference is they chose to do something with the idea and you didn't. That's it. You don't own the idea. You just accessed it. Right? So the Akashic Records is more or less, think of it like a Wikipedia of ideas. You can, you know, tap into it and it's like, you could say it's like a, it's not copyrighted. Or I should say it doesn't become copywritten or copyrighted rather until somebody takes it out of the records and makes it tangible in our reality. The moment the person takes the idea out of the collective consciousness and then makes it tangible then they can claim ownership of it. Till then, it's out there for anybody to use. So that's why I say, I tell you know, my friends when they have ideas, write it down. It's not your idea. You just happened to tune in to a frequency where it was sort of floating about and you accessed it. And if you're able to do that unconsciously, that's great, excuse me, that's great. Um, Write it down. And going forward, try to practice doing that consciously. Imagine having access to all the ideas, especially the good ideas that all of humanity has ever thought of, whether it's secure for something, right? An invention, a good story, it's all out there. And you, all you have to do is search for it 
And if you can make it real, if you can bring it to this reality, if you can manifest it within the construct, you get credit for it. It's yours. But the, but the information is already out there. So you don't even have to think about it. Right? I, I like to use the analogy of with me in painting. Um, I'm painting right now. And I used to be really bothered when I first started painting. Like, I've got to come up with this idea, you know? And, you know, what do I, you know, what am I going to create that's going to be like, you know, this great painting, this great creative piece? But then I realized that there's nothing new under the sun. And I remembered when I played The Sims. When I played The Sims, I always played as an artist because um, I'm very creative. <laughs> anyway, I always played as an artist because life imitates art and art imitates life. Yeah. Um, and when my, my sim would sit to paint, like the sim wasn't actually creating the painting, right? They were a pre-programmed set of, you know, paintings that were already came with the game before I even bought the game. And all I had to do was sit my sim down and tell it to go paint. And then I would see what, you know, the programs had already accessed or had already programmed into the reality. And so taking that mindset and running with the whole reality is a simulation you can apply that same mindset to anything that you want to accomplish that you might be having problems with. Like, if you're trying to find a good idea for something. Well, if this is a construct, if this is a simulation, then the good idea that you're looking for already came pre-programmed into this reality matrix before you even entered it. So you don't have to create the idea. It already exists, just like my sim didn't create the painting. It was already a pre-programmed image. You just have to do the work and access it and then manifest it, make it real, bring it into this reality, and then you get to take credit for it, make it so. This podcast is going to go over the heads of a lot of people. Assuming you're still listening, kudos. You're my kind of person. You're my kind of people. Um, And uh, if you are still listening, literally take what I'm saying and go and practice it. And just like the Sims, right? Like the first time your Sim goes to paint or do something, whatever kind of constructive you know, uh, even cook. It's always shit at first, right? But that's programmed, right? It's programmed to be shit at first. Everything you do in this reality, unless you're somehow, like, lucky, and that even luck is pre-programmed, but everything that you endeavor to accomplish in this reality, you're going to fail first. And for a lot of people, you're going to fail a lot because that's part of the program just like it's part of your programming for your sim like when you go and you have to do a task especially if it has no skill in it and hasn't taken the time to like read a book or whatever which is also 
obviously a pro plea I can't talk a pre programmed matrix right so your sim's not really learning anything it's just kind of going through the motions which is more demonstrating your will is in this is what I want my sim to do it, it usually fails the, fir the first few times that's part of the construct that's part of the program so anything that you in, in, endeavor to do, you're going to be met with resistance because that's just part of the programming. The key is to not fall for it and keep it moving because eventually you'll get to where you're going, right? And you'll accomplish what it is that you've accomplished because all probabilities exist waiting to be actualized by your consciousness. It's out there as a probability. That's it. Super easy. Super easy stuff. So, yeah. Um, to wrap it all up, we are collectively being herded. Our, our consciousness, our collective consciousness right now is collectively being herded to a very sci-fi-esque type of reality experience. Um, yeah, and uh, just be, be cognizant of that and um, understand that things are going to get very, very volatile and more and more people are going to start sort of questioning the nature of the, their reality, just based on the fact that we're going to start seeing a lot of things happen that previously you could only, you only really saw, you know, in sci-fi and things of that nature. So what you're seeing is the media of the past having a very tangible effect, effect rather, on our actual reality experience now. Right. Although you could argue that both cause and effect are basically the same thing, like a cat in its tail. Right. And if you're utilizing the whole simulation hypothesis, then they are all kind of both, they're all programmed, both cause and effect. The beginning and the end, the past and the present and the future were all sort of pre-programmed to be one thing and you're just more watching that kind of unravel right yeah